Hey, whoa. We are back with another one. Seems like it's a good week. We had, what was it, Memorial Day yesterday? It was Memorial Day. It seemed like a quiet Memorial Day, too. It really it, did. It just, you know, I think people are still getting used to actually coming out. Like, it it depends on where you were at. Like, some parts of town were, like, completely dead, and then other parts look like, oh, it's dead because everybody went to that one location. <laughs> so... I don't know. Like I saw some pool parties that were like packed, and then I saw some others where they was like, "Where's everybody?" Was at? it some or was it that one? It was every that time one. I see that pool one, parties. That one, that one looked impressive. It looked yeah. Like, that one looked. I was like, "Oh, you were there. You were there. It was you were there. Pool, you were there." Like I was like, "That was one, one pool party. It was a big party. It was a big. It was party. a big party. It was a really. People, big... I think people are now getting used to the idea of coming back out." Even though we are, you know, again, still in COVID. COVID's still happening, but we go, hey. People so the other people are outside for the worst time of the year. I hate summertime. Oh, God, it's hot. It does not feel good. It's not comfortable. Every thought thing that you want to do, you can do every other time of the year. You don't need summertime for that. Spring, prime, prime season. Fall, great. We live in Houston. Winter, if you put it all together, winter is like a month and a half. So it's really not that bad. But summer, summer's like five months in Houston. The worst. I hate this. Yeah, I would be uncomfortable. And I would be cool because people are like, oh, you like cold weather. I'm like, nah, I mean, I like spring. Mm -hmm. Like spring, real cool. But spring be here for a moment. And then the heat just jumps on people like i'm like okay it's 108 all right that's cool humidity bro people be cool with it but you know you know what's your plans for the summer uh i don't know uh let's see we have things that we have to do uh, i'm trying to see i'm trying to junket. see i'm trying to see kendrick lamar oh, oh the press definitely. junket of course press junket yeah. uh loud press there's so much stuff that's going on. So, like, of course, I do want to see Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I mean, that will be my first Kendrick concert. The only time I've ever seen Kendrick on stage is at a Beyonce concert. So I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm ready to see ready to see some Kendrick. Ready and who else? Denzel Curry. There are a few people coming out. Yeah, there's a lot. There are a few I people. I wanted to see that, uh, the Joe Budden uh, podcast tour, but they ain't selling no tickets. That's terrible. And not selling tickets? Bro, this is what happened, bro. They were supposed to come here, like, the second stop. And then they were like, oh, we back and back because we want to regroup. They ain't sell, like, they ain't sell a third of the tickets. They, they must not have sold the tickets. It's been That's what it was. Out. Like, no, no, hey, look. I said start on the we East are, Coast. We are, we are a fledgling podcast. But the Joe Budden podcast is just like, I've never seen them just – the division of the two groups is like they just threw away all the chemistry. I haven't really watched it since the big split, so I do need to go back and be like, all right, let me sit down with this. But I was like, I, I knew all the original cast, and now I'm like, it's like Joe Budden and the guys. And so I'm like, all right. Joe Budden and friends. That's that's really that's really what it seems like. And even though they changed that, you know, that first podcast to the Joe Budden podcast, it was still like, oh, it's Joe Budden with Rory and Mal and uh, your boy, the the producer Parks. So 
Yeah, but they're not they're not coming out. But you know what? Uh, uh poor minds, poor minds is poor minds coming. Is doing their show, so they are coming out. That's a Gleesa. That's a podcast I definitely want to see live. I just want to see what they sure. what they out about. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on this summer. A lot going on with the culture. We talk about the culture all the time. Kanye hates it. Kendrick questions it. Namigo sell it. And one of them's the father of it. Uh, but <laughs> when you ask me about the culture, <laughs> when you ask me about the culture, hip hop culture, that is, it's shaped and founded by the DJ, more specifically. Uh, breaking artists, breaking records, and, you know, if you really want to find out what's hot, you really just got to follow what the DJ is doing. I mean, in order to know what's going on, you got to listen to the DJ, follow what it is, because you might think something's popular, and then you go out and you listen to what's spinning and you watch the crowd. They know. Even when we talk about Todd, Todd talks about not being cool all the time, but he knows what's popping because the DJ knows what's going on in the streets. Today we're speaking with not only a DJ, we have somebody who's interested who has his hands in sports, music. He's a professor plant-based student, doctoral student who's running the music department at HTC, representing BPM Music Group, Beat This Music, Christopher Cruz Williams. DJ Cruz, ladies and gentlemen, DJ Cruz. How you doing today? Welcome, man. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank How's you. How's it going? Yeah, I, I'm good, man. I was sitting up here vibing to y'all conversation, man. <laughs> I had to agree with you on that summer, that, that, Houston summer heat, it's ridiculous. It's the worst. It, it it's the worst. This this is too bad. This is too too bad. Too shower season, as I call it. You know, right. and it makes you not want to do anything. Like it's one of those things where, yeah, yeah. When you're out, it's like, yo, I gotta. You can't go from stop to stop. You like, hmm. I gotta go home, take a shower, come back out. Right. Go home, right. take a shower, come back out, and. I mean, people don't, I feel like California people don't get this because I didn't get it until I went to California. Uh, it's hot at night here. Yes. And like when California get hot, once the sun sets, it's like, it's real nice. And I was like, oh, mm. like, this is it's nice. Cool. It's almost, like it's, it's it's almost cool. chilly. I need to get yeah, a jacket. It's cool. wear a jacket. I, I need to get right. a jacket. Yeah, Not right. here. Here it'd be two o'clock in the morning and it's 98 degrees and it's been cooling down. And you're like, yo, yeah. I, nah, yeah. man, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. So, so, I, so Avery, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what was it like? Uh, well, what'd you wind up doing for Memorial Day? Uh, what did I? So, yesterday, nothing. <laughs> it's been a weird I, memorial day like some yeah. people are like ah oh, nothing well, um i think we went to eat crawfish because i mean i had the dj the night before for you know kind of a uh kickback at a uh, uh one of the event planners here in houston she had a kind of a memorial day kickback on sunday and you know i think i dj from like six to six to midnight mm. so my wife and i was were there and you know, I I just we just kind of chilled out yesterday. Didn't do anything, but just go wake up and eat crawfish, man. I can understand you worked hard. I don't think people understand like the DJ's responsibility is you are the party, and if you make one mistake, they're gonna blame the whole thing on you. So you gotta be, you have to be in the moment where everybody, I'm drinking, I'm having, should, should right. be having fun. They're like, no, if right. I if right. I play the wrong song. I could play, there's a point in time where I could play, uh, what is it, Soldier Boy, tell him. 
But if I miss that time, I can't play it at the night. Like I need this this window. I got to be cognizant. So my yeah, hat man. goes off to you. Yeah, it's it's. It, I, so it was funny that, <laughs> that night. Um, I was the the caterer, right? And he was kind of like, you know, Chris, man. So it's like two things that's really important for an event: the food and the music, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what people remember. They don't remember what you had on. They don't remember anything else. You know, they might say, oh, yeah, it's beautiful in here. But, man, that DJ didn't play my song. Mm-hmm. He sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, that food, that chicken was nasty. It was cold. It was too. It, and so I'm just like, man, you know, our, our job, you know, it, it's 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 not difficult. It's fun for, for me. It's not work. Um, but it can get a little stressful, kind of depending on the environment that you're in. You know, that's why I just kind of like shot away from doing clubs, mm. more activations, initiative, uh, uh, brand initiative type events, you know, stuff like, you know, South by or doing something like, you know, um, uh, you know, DJing at South by things like that. But as far as clubs, man, I'm, I, I, one, I'm too old. Two, mm-hmm. um, uh, just the evolution of the music is just not palatable to me right now, you know? So I'm, I'm just kind of on another realm of the music industry at this point, so. That makes perfect sense, though. When, did you, uh, did you um, like, let's, let's, I mean, we usually talk about starting off from the beginning from when people were DJing, but even before that, like, or not even before that, during that, did you, did you ever DJ in clubs? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Man, I was a, so I'm, what can I, what can and can I not say on here? So you, can say I, you, you, can say, you can say whatever. I can, can say, say whatever. whatever. All right. Whatever. So check it out. So the story was this first, my very first gig was at a Catholic church. I was DJing was, yeah. And in, in, I'm from Beaumont. Right. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I get it now. And, and so the what is like the the bazaars and all that kind of stuff that happens in in the Catholic Church, uh, I think yeah, in the Catholic Church, um, it was a youth party, and it was a friend of mine. We both I, I brought my house speakers, and he had his 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 receiver and tape deck, and we literally were DJing with tapes. With I mean like. I don't know. (laughs) And so it it just, I was like, man, this is cool. And so I I just kept on. He he stopped doing it, but I just kept doing it. Um, But my very first, (laughs) my very first like real gig was at a, uh, I guess, a drag club. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was my very first event that I had ever done. Uh, and 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 a friend, the guy who owned it, he was like, "Man, you should go ahead and just come DJ here now. Trust me, it'll be great." And man, it just it just kind of evolved from there. I never did those type of clubs again, but um, I went from doing that to I don't know if you guys remember Monday Night Football at Cabo's yes. back in the day. Uh, you know, I did. Oh, uh, I was a resident at Cabo's for for years, and then I really, to, yeah, yeah, for years, man. Great uh, job, <laughs> great job. Yeah. And uh, start DJing. You know, um, I did the M Bar. I was with uh, M Bar. 
the red, yeah, I, red, I was job. red <laughs> door. I was, um, and, and not being from here, you know, uh, it, it was, and then I kind of moved around, man. My, my, my story is kind of crazy, man. Not crazy, but I've moved around a whole lot just in respect of, um, you know, the sports world as well as, you know, from being a, a professional athlete to, you know, to coming back and coming back home and really, you know, getting dabbling into music. So um, it, it's, it's been a journey. It's a long story, man. It's just like, that's what we're here for. We're here for. Let's, let's go back and talk. Let's go back and talk about that story. So talk about like one moving into that world of professional athlete and then transitioning out of it. What sport were you playing? Well, baseball. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a baseball guy and uh, was injured. Uh, but I was, I was uh, signed as a free agent with the, uh, with the Red Sox. Mm. And I uh, played, uh, you know, I was in the, of course, in their minor league system, got in a car accident, um, and I was done. Uh, but, you know, prior to that, you know, I served this country, our great country that we live in. So I am mm -hmm. a veteran and I played ball in the army as well. But even before that, in 91, I was at Privy. So that's why I got my start and my finish. And so I navigated the system that way. My eligibility stopped when I went to the service to play ball. And so, you know, I was drafted out of high school, but I didn't go. I decided to go to college. Magnesia was my first college. I went to college that summer and, and I didn't like the campus. And I ended up at Prairie View and got a scholarship there. The rest is history. Um, but... I got in a car accident, man. I had to decide what I wanted to do. What was next for me? You know, because my life was baseball. You know, imagine growing up playing baseball since you were five years old and it's taken away from you, Ooh. right? <clears throat> and so, like, what was next? And so what I decided to do was um, I, music had always been in my system. My mom, you know, I think everybody's mom uh, introduced them to some type of music. Mine, you know, I was on you know, back then, that's all we really had was disco um, music I was listening to in the in the 70s, music that I could really adapt to and remember, because uh, hip hop really didn't flourish until the, till, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, when we when we got hip hop down this way, mm -hmm. uh, down south. And so, you know, I was always into the, to the disco, the R&B, um, you know, I had the boom box, and that's where my palette and my like my catalog for music was just it, it i became a crate digger and so if i if i turn my camera around you'll see i have a few out you know kind of a display of a whole lot of old records man but all types of music i love and you know, and, and and that is the other reason, kind of going back to my point earlier about why I don't really DJ in the club is because of that palette for music, man. I just have a very broad range of music that I like to spin on my own, you know, on my own format. So no matter if it's hip hop, no matter if it's R&B, no matter if it's, it's um, you know, now considered Afro beats, but going back even to, you know, the reggae, the jazz, to uh you know to early pop you know disco house soul house i mean all that stuff i mean it's music and that's what i love you know and and you know even listening to you know music from the youth from europe 
and how that music has evolved. Like, I mean, it's just so many different areas of music that I love. And I just don't like to be pigeonheld. You know, I don't understand why I have to play something for somebody. They just heard it when they got out the car and I have to play it five minutes later, you know, <laughs> coming into the spot. Hey, you know? man. Do you, <laughs> so, do you feel like, you know, well, do you feel like, uh, were you already collecting a lot of music and then that's like, hey, I already have this large vinyl collection and that led you towards DJing or did you just have this itch for DJing already? Well, that's a really great question. I just had the music because it was my, you know, my friend of mine was like, man, I know you can DJ because you, you have, you, you know, music. Like I, I was the guy that would, you know, I could hear a song. Like I was Shazam before Shazam was even, around, <laughs> you know, for the most part, you know, but now it's so much music. Like I can't, I don't know everything, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it like when I'm it's inquisitive when I hear samples, like yeah, I know where that sample came from. Mm. And I'll play it with the original song. And people think the song that I'm playing was actually the original. I'm like, well, no, you know, uh it's 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 not. I mean, it I, that's how I like to DJ, you know. And so to answer your question, it just made it it. DJing made me evolve musically. Hmm. Do you think, and you were talking about like you kind of moved away from the club because I mean, I'm with you. Like you just heard that song in the car. The club is top 40 radio basically. And you just heard top 40 radio in the car. But do you feel like that's changing? Like I know people make critiques about TikTok and things like that, but kids are listening to old music now. The majority of music for the first time in history that's getting played and popularized is older. I was just looking at an article of, uh, I forgot Linda, I forgot, it, it, it was an older singer. She released a song in 84. It mm-hmm. just went to number one because it was on the soundtrack to Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's, in, it's in a pivotal part of Stranger Things. And I'm not gonna lie, I was like, I know that. And, and you go look and now everybody's playing that song. And it's like, this was a good song 40 years ago, almost 40 <laughs> years ago, and it's still a good song now. You're just getting it introduced to a whole new audience. Do you feel, given the style of the way you DJ, where you're taking you know, the original song and showing like this is where the sample came from, do you feel like there's a groundswell where more people are like, yo, I, like that's what I want to hear? Um. Yes. Um but there's specific environments in which you have to play that. It's very difficult to go into, let's just say, uh, what's the new spot? Y'all were talking about pool parties earlier. So like, yeah. that's, what is it called? Sakai, is that the new spot? Yeah. The You know, yeah. me playing, <laughs> uh, me, me playing, uh, 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 you know, Foster Silver and then, coming back and playing uh um uh what's his name foster silver i'm 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 playing um like out the top of my head i'm having in the (laughs) moment i'm having a a brain for it right now um uh it's funk funky enough 
Yeah. And Foster Silver is the he that's the sample. If I played that song in the club, people are like in a top 40 club. Yeah, like, yeah. And I understand that. There's a great, there's a great uh, I don't know if it yeah. was somebody from Grizel. There was either West Side Gun or Benny the Butcher that was like, you know, I'd be in the strip club and the DJ come up and be like, Hey, what song of yours do you want me to play? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> like, no, nah, don't, right. don't play my music in the strip club, dog. I'm trying to have fun. <laughs> and yeah. You're like, right. oh, okay. So yeah, right. there's a time and a place for everything. Time and a place. Yeah. And so- there's definitely a time and a place. Yeah. And so right that was kind of, uh, uh, you know, what I'm loving about Houston is that, you know, we, we have a few DJs that are out here that's cultivating that environment. Um, uh, you know, Flash, I don't know if you guys uh, know Flash, Flash Gordon, Flash Parks. Gordon Parks, yeah, Flash, Holics, yeah, uh, Nimbus, DJ yes, Nimbus, yes. you know, th those cats are, are doing, you know, a phenomenal job, um, in, in, in cultivating that environment, but, you know, understanding if you look at all those DJs, they have to create their own events to and do that, it. You know, that's what I was going to say, because the DJs were naming and, and there are others, they have these pockets of like, oh, this is my party. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, you know, like, I got to go out here. Like, there's this, uh, uh, they do more of a techno, but they're, they're once a month. But it's like, you know, yeah. when I go out there, I'm going to see these two DJs or I'm going to the flat because I'm going to go see this DJ right. or I'm going right. here because I got to see this DJ and they're crazy. So it's not like, oh, I, I just pulled up at the club and they was there. Right, right. And so that's the that's the difficult part of Houston, right? Hmm. No, no, I love the city. That's the difficult part because it's not, it's it's slow. But if you take this same DJ and inject it in LA, take this same DJ and inject it in Miami, take this same DJ and inject it in New York where there's an international crowd. Not saying that they don't have it here in Houston, not saying yeah. that at all. You realistically have to go into the heart of the city and find it versus pretty much every club you go to in all other parts, the, the three cities, the uh, three cities that I named pretty much pop up in any spot. Yeah. And the DJ is wrecking. Pretty that much. Open format. Mm -hmm. And it's different. Yeah, it is different here because you got to know where to, you know, like mm -hmm. what, the two DJs I'm thinking of, I can't, they, they have a party at the Shrine of the Black Madonna or what it used to be called. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Soul Control. Soul Control. But then it's yeah. like, You'll pop up someplace and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go see this DJ. They're in a in a in a warehouse slash suit factory, and you're like, right. what? <laughs> like, and then you show up and it's a packed party, mm -hmm. but it's like yeah. you had to know or know somebody that knew of this to bring you out here. Exactly, but understand where my niche is. Just take all those DJs. Mm -hmm and put it into one person. Ah, okay. For real. Okay. And I will go to a, I will go into a space and I will play what I want to hear. Let me not say what I want to hear. I'm going to play to my crowd 
but it's about the experience. Music is a, it, it has a, it, it, I'm called cruise control for a reason. And, and, and what's crazy the other night at that event that I was telling you guys about that this mm-hmm. Sunday, the, 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 the caterer was like, Hey man, like, and he didn't even know my name. He was like, it just seems like you took us from this part of the country to this part of the country. I said, yeah, that is what I try to do no matter who's in the audience, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's about introducing people to new music. You guys said it earlier, you know, breaking, you know, breaking artists, breaking music. You know, I don't just have to break top 40 hip hop. The radio stations can do that all day long, you know, but what about, you know, these the, the cats who's been in the game long time, like Eric, the Eric Robersons, mm-hmm. you know, the, the foreign exchange, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'll even go like Big Crit, like all these guys who can really, that are sonically really great artists, but because they're not shaking this or doing this, yada, 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 then it kind of leaves us in the, in the, in the, leaves them in the background. And, you know, I take like even Devin the dude. Mm-hmm. Devin's been around for a long time, man. A long time. And Devin, to me, is one of the dopest MCs. That has that's in Houston, Damn. honestly. Yeah, definitely. You know, but he's not his commercial appeal is not there, so you won't hear stuff in the club. Mm-mm. Take a take a Toby Wigway. Mm-hmm. Do I need to say more? Yeah, right. But you're not gonna hear his music his music in the club. But if you spin it in a set, people are like, oh, like who is this? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. brothers, Toby. You don't know who that is? Like no. So it's just, you know, it, it just, you know, the, the DJ is, there's various types of DJs and, you know, my niche is just trying to, I, I'm an open format, you know, I, I, I will throw in a piece of Kirk Franklin if I have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's music. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a universal language and music charms the soul, it touches it. And so, you know, I, I don't believe in genres, but, you know, I know we have to for the sake of war, awards, but I don't believe in genres. Music is what it is. No, absolutely. Uh, there's also, I mean, even the artists you name, where you're talking about Toby or Devin or, or Big Crit, who just had a concert here that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you'll see them in concert or in shows and their concerts are packed. They're, they're selling everything. Everything is great. But it's like that translation over to radio, always. And 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 these are not even the artists we're naming. These are people that make radio songs. Yeah, like these songs uh-huh. could play. When well, we're at the Toby concert, I'm like, like any these songs could play on the radio quite yeah. easily, quite quite easily. So there's no reason why. Well, there are reasons why, but that's what we gotta get into. Like, did you ever have any inclination to go to radio or? is the way that radio structure one of the reasons why you stayed away from it. Never did. Never was did. Asked, was asked to, but never, never wanted to. I, I just, I, 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 I couldn't because I would, and I'm, I'm, I'm even validating it more now because I know we'll probably talk about this, but even as a, um, you know, a music exec and I'm dealing with radio for, you know, for artists. Yeah. Right? And I'm and I'm still trying to understand 
uh, I understand the why. But the system, radio, urban radio is systemic, man. It's, it's systemic. It's all about the dollar. <laughs> oh, no, I'm with you. Read, yeah. read, read through the lines, because, you know, I, I have to do business, right? But yeah. I, I really, you know, I, I'm just like, you know what? I, so I'm going to go on record and say this. I was watching an Instagram live from, um, you guys are familiar, familiar with the GM of 97, well, Radio 1 here in Houston. Yes. 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 So I'm not. So, the Empire. Yeah. So <laughs> she basically made a comment and I raised my eyebrows. She, it was true in what she said commercially, but I still didn't agree. And basically, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, um, her, she said, why would I need, why do, it's not why do we need to play your record, but how to get your record on radio, you realistically have to have movement, which I, I totally, I totally agree, right? Um, but because the way terrestrial radio is moving, like the direction, you know, I highly recommend artists go down the digital radio format because one is a longer reach mm -hmm. and they're also, you know, <laughs> they, they report as well and they pay out royalties. Mm -hmm. And so not, and you know, of course, terrestrial radio does the same, um, but it's, it's so, what's the word? I, there's so much that goes into getting into terrestrial radio still to this day. It's almost like, why go through it? unless you're just trying to be a commercial artist. Mm -hmm. It's only for those that really want to be in a, a, a commercial act. Because like you, like, like you said, Vaughn, you listen to Toby, you listen to Crit, and Crit has some songs that free, you know, periodically, you know, he probably has regional play with yeah. where he, you know, where he's from, the areas he's from. But you take a song, Let's just man. Let's just take let's just take a Toby song. I mean, the, even the low, the, the song he had with Pow Wow. Mm -hmm. Why couldn't that? Why why did that song not make it to radio? Why not? Exactly. I, I was surprised that the Paul Wall song or uh, Purple Rain didn't make it, it exactly to radio because then when we saw the, you know. Uh, 713 Music Hall is, is large. It's a large mm -hmm. venue. Mm -hmm. He sold that out. Mm -hmm. and, and so I'm like, if you're, if, if you're so able so to that's sell movement, that right? out. And that's, that's, that's what I'm that, is, that is a definite, okay. that's definite okay. movement. And so okay. then it's like, all right, so if it's, you know, I'm like, this is appealing to at least 5,000 people. 5,000 people got, and, and that says a lot to me because I'm like, you know, we, my brother and I will talk about the stars of today that'll say, oh, I got this many albums sold or this many spins. And I'm like, it's kind of like, you know, like, 
in 99 dmx put out two albums they both went platinum and at that mm-hmm. woodstock you saw those people all performing a song it takes a lot for somebody to get up and go to your product mm-hmm. like, you have to go buy a cd mm-hmm. even i as a huge music fan uh it, it takes nothing for me to pop in i'll be like oh i'll put you in my queue i'll listen to you later Mm-hmm. It took a lot more. Like we we would invest in albums. I told people I listened to Cannabis's first album I knew it. times and I hated it. But I, I knew it. it. I was like, Doug, I spent twenty dollars on this album. I'm getting every spin mm-hmm. out of this album of- as possible. So mm-hmm. it's different. It says a lot to me for an artist to sell out a venue like seven one three music hall. People got dressed and came out mm-hmm. and they knew the lyrics and they mm-hmm. bought the merchandise. Oh, they bought it. So that, that, like, that's my thing where I was like, so if I'm like, if this man don't have enough juice to be on, I mean, he's on, and I, I, I would like it too. I'm like, I don't even know if he's even trying to necessarily get on the radio. Cause I'm like, you're on everything else. I'm not saying he's opposed to it, but it's just like, I, we saw an interview was with Wendy Day and she's like, nah, if you, I can't do nothing with you with $10,000 to get on the radio. And I'm like, $10,000 and nothing. They're like, yeah, nah, you you need way more than that to get on the radio. So it gets to the point where it's like, so what, what necessarily do I really need the radio for? Cause all of us are not going to be Rihanna. Absolutely. All of us are not going to be Drake. All of us are not going to be Doja Cat. So I'm like, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to invest and possibly maybe maybe get an inkling of a career that those artists have exactly what exactly. do you tell your artists because now you're you're on that that end where you're the administrator you're the boss that you're telling people like hey this is how we're going to handle your career how do you how do you explain to your artists the way that the the culture and the environment that they're moving into in terms of music is going to go well First and foremost, they need to understand what independent is, right? Um, And it is by definition what it is. And a lot of, you know, kind of how we structure and work with our artists, we we partner with our artists. We have a, we're we're considered a hybrid, right? So we, we a la carte everything that we do so if we decide to work with you then we're going to work with you only on a partnership we have no ownership in any of your masters we we don't we're not um we we only do administration Mm -hmm. for the publishing so you own all your publishing um it's truly i'm kind of like it's it's truly I'm here to help to be a solution. That's why I decided to get on the educational side mm-hmm. because you hear so many artists that <clears throat> the reason why they leave their label is because they got screwed over. And but in theory, they really didn't get screwed over. They just didn't understand what they were reading, and no one was there, or they were not equipped enough to understand what a basically they they you know they hear the word 360 but really don't understand it and what i try to tell the artists is look 
anytime I, if I'm going to give you a hundred dollars, right? This is business, it's not personal. I'm going to be looking for a return on that $100 that I gave you. So if it's 150 or if it's 200, <coughs> then what are we arguing about, mm -hmm. right? I'm not a bank. Late record labels are not a bank. You know, when I'm teaching the students, you got to understand it's, it's record labels are not banks. And what a lot of, and when you paint it in this picture and, and I'll explain it very quickly. If I'm, if I walk into a bank and try to get a loan for, to support my music career, you're automatically going to get denied. Mm -hmm. If I go into the bank and try to get a loan to support the music business side of the career, they may say yes, but they're going to ask me, well, how much collateral do you have? Meaning how much publishing, how much catalog do you own? Because they look at that as an asset. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming into the game with nothing, but someone is willing to advance you this, understanding if you decide to leave, that $50,000, that $10,000 that they gave you and just say you don't sell any record, they're not going to go report that on your credit report. You walk away scot-free. They have to assume that loss, they being a label. So understanding when I'm talking to the artist, I'm talking to them from an independent perspective. You are going to be a partner in your own label. So you have to understand the business, the, you have to understand the old business to understand how the industry works to how it's working now. Mm. And once you put it in that perspective, then they can spin off and do everything because it's all foundational. The industry is not changing foundationally. There's always gonna be publishing, there's always gonna be copyright, there's always going to be ownership of masters. There's always going to be co-pub. There's always going to be every mechanical royalty, sync royalties. All this stuff is always going to always be there. It's the foundation. But when you don't understand the laws that protect that kind of stuff, then you lose. You lose. And this is why we people are, are basically leaving labels or not. They're, they're leaving labels for on pennies on the dollar, like pennies. When you break it down, it's literally pennies on the dollar. Wow. And you know, it's interesting when you see, uh, I mean, cause hip hop now is, is has been out for quite some time and you're hearing artists describe like, we, we've heard, I mean, the, the locks have come out and be like, hey man, we was, we was tripping on leaving bad boy. <laughs> they was like, nah, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as what we were saying, but we didn't understand everything that's going into it. Uh you're seeing older artists say that. You're seeing uh uh Nori on Drink Champs where he's describing like, nah, you're you're getting a loan from the record label and they want their money back. Like, you know what I mean? And 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 if you sell a great album and you still don't get them their money back, they'll give you more of an advance 
for the second album, but they want their money back from the first mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. and this album. And so he goes, that's how, so it's like, if you're not on top of your money, uh, you're, you're just not going to be on top of it. But you're also seeing newer artists like uh, Vince Staples, where he said, like, on his last album, man, I made this album for sync licensing. I'm trying to get into movies. Mm-hmm. I had one song get in a video game or a movie, and the amount of money that it put out oh, yeah. eclipsed any of the money I've been getting. He goes, why am I trying to go to radio? For what? <laughs> like, he goes, the, the, the only thing to go to radio is for me to show y'all that I'm an artist. Yay. Exactly. Nah, if my money pop up in a movie, he goes, so all these songs was made to go straight to movies, straight to video games, straight to television. That's how I'm getting my money. And you see he's successful with it. <laughs> so that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So watch it. So, you know, the, the, the one rapper here in Houston, and, and I respect uh, all of them, right? But it's one from a business perspective that really understood the game, and that was Slim Thug. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I don't, I don't know why Look I just knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say him too. Go ahead. And listening, like understanding Slim, like and how he maneuvered within the industry from a music perspective. Oh yeah. He made his own decisions. He was his own distribution. Right, as long as he had a car, he could move around, and and his system was phenomenal. Now, that I mean, the ways of doing that, you know, it, it's probably still feasible, but not as it's not as profitable mm-hmm. these days. Um, and so, artists like that, I'm not going to say they're hurting, but you know, they have to really understand technology, and, you know, implement those same principles and method and methods into the digital world. But the one move he made, and it sums it probably sums up what we're talking about. When he signed that deal with um, with Star Ferrari, Trek, yeah, Star Trek. One album, I'm gonna give you all this, and it's it's take it, it's yours. But what did that do to that guy's career? Ooh, blew it up. <laughs> How many people say they have a song with Gwen Stefani? Beyonce, Pharrell, The Clips, all in a two-year two year span. Exactly. Yeah. All number one. All number one. Lay down the blueprint for a Jay-Z hit song. <laughs> Pharrell's like, Doug, that, that song came from Slim Thug's album. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, you're yeah. right. It did come from his album. Because, yeah, you can mm-hmm. you can hear his voice in the back. Like, you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that really, that that definitely set him up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just stories like that, man, that when, when you, you know, who's doing what and doing it well, when you see them evolve, like music is basically music now is like a, like a business card. Like you just, it's, 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 this is the introduction to what I'm really going to be doing down the road. Hmm. Mm. So if you look, if you if you take that approach, but don't let don't get it twisted. You have to give it a hundred percent. Like you just can't come in here just half ass and think that, you know, I'm gonna spend two two grand and my my music is gonna blow up. It, it's it doesn't work that way. We right now to this day as a because we have a 
we we have a kind of a, we have an inspirational side to our, our our label as well, and we have a particular record that just reached a quarter of a million in streams total, right? And it's, we've been working that record for three years now, since 2018. We're in 20, we're in 22. So it'll be it'll be four years in like I think in we released it in uh, October of 18. <clears throat> and on all platforms, we have a little over a quarter of a million, which you know now that 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 uh, album and that that single qualifies um, for, you know, to to uh, it qualifies for the uh, for a streaming award now mm, okay. for having over you got to have over I think it's one hundred and fifty thousand streams <clears throat> for a particular album or a single, which is correlated with the album. So that's the cool thing about streaming. If one song on your EP is the best song, the whole album is rewarded for that. Yeah, yeah, we call we call that the Drake. The yeah, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Drake. what's his name? The dude. And from no, no, here. and that's not even shade against Drake. I yeah. always think that Drake, because I said I'm not always the fan of everything he puts out, mm -hmm. but when he gets a single and it blows, he's like, "Dog, this is on the new album." I don't yeah. care if the new album comes out a year and a half from now. We'll keep on working this. And when that new, and so the second that album drops, they're like, oh, this is already platinum. Yeah, like, yeah, because he'd been working this single for a year and a half easily. Yeah. Uh, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah, technology just gives us time, man. Like, I I actually love it. I'm not yeah. gonna lie to you. Uh, I, I love it. Um, it was, it when I left Music World in 2013, this is when the streaming, like this whole digital world, yeah. just started to kind of go ahead and 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 take its 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 plight to to be the the new norm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we were still pushing CDs, man, when I was at Music World. <laughs> so, you, know. you know what? Let's talk about that because we want to talk about <laughs> back to what, what what brought you over to music world what was your job when you were over there at music world what brought me to music world um so and not only am i a dj but i remember i told you guys i had to create my own platforms but in, yeah. in creating my own platforms i started promoting concerts not showcases but concerts so we were breaking the artists that i would spend we would bring them into concerts to perform and so he you know like even the i think our, our one of our greatest acts that we brought when is when marcia ambrosia came back into remember she had the long hiatus yeah and we brought her back we brought her to houston and we she was on the show i think we had her with eric eric that day like avery Shun, uh, sunshine uh, jesse boykins like we had you know different shows with all those artists so my wife who you know she's an ak from texas southern her line sister was the uh, label head at music world <clears throat> and so she was like um i didn't know your husband was behind this is this something that he could do for our artist at music world and of course i was like yeah because i mean i was what was i doing at the time um 
I was just at, at the moment, I was just being a serial entrepreneur. Honestly, I wasn't even teaching. I was just really, you know, in a, in the entrepreneur space, you know, in that moment, DJing and shows, that's all I was doing in that time frame. Mm. And so <clears throat> with all that being said, you know, I ended up, I started working for them like 2007 or eight, man, on the ground floor. When I say mm -hmm. ground floor, I mean, I was a step, I was a step above giving coffee. All right. <laughs> I didn't have to do any of that stuff, I, but I was responsible for implementing their, uh, their whole digital department. Uh, I was a digital coordinator. So it was, I was responsible for elevating that and switching that up. And man, I went from there to, to VP of artist management. So I started managing the acts that we have, all the frontline acts, and then went from there to still doing that. But then when she decided she was leaving, she was like, hey, I want to train you for what I do. So I became the actual label head for Music World and, and in addition to that work in his catalog. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 I, look, let me just say this: Matthew has an extensive catalog, man. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. From country and western to Shaka Khan to the OJ's, you name it, he has it, right? And so I got my experience in administration work doing that. But um, and so I had a good track. You know, I was running the, you know, just. A lot at the time, we were really heavy into gospel, and so that's when we had the relationship with uh, BET Sunday's Best, um, and we were, you know, with Leandria Johnson and all the acts that you know won the show. They automatically <clears throat> came to us, and then we would sign the runner-ups too of the show. Mm. So, um, so they that's how we built the gospel division. It, it kind of just long story short with that. Matthew's philosophy was Destiny's Child, I'm going to break them. They're going to be successful, but I want to pull them individually and then bring them back together. Right? So he had to create something for Michelle. So that's when he created Music World Gospel. Oh. So that piece became, yeah, that, that, that part became prevalent kind of right when I got there. So I was just kind of like really trying to build that part up because everything else was already in place. And so, um, and, and so just kind of being able to work with, you know, with all the different types of music, I said, well, you know, uh, what's next? And so he started, you can kind of see the writing on the wall, man. Like he just really was not, he was cutting all the frontline X. He was selling them off. Ah, <clears throat> uh, okay, okay. Selling them off. B left. Then you know it was just like when I think that inflated him when she left, and so um, we he called me on <laughs> April first. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Chris, we're gonna go another direction. I'm Ooh. like, all right, cool. Uh, I mean, it's just we just gonna work the catalog, right? Nah. Uh, just let me know if you need anything from me. We moving in another direction. I wish you the best, but 
what people felt. I mean, when I tell this story, like he did on April Fools, I had a, you know, my wife was pregnant with 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 our young one, so I'm just like, I'm what am what am I gonna do at this point, right? I've been yeah. there for six six years. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I gonna do now? And so, of course, he, you know, he gave me his blessing. He was like, "Listen, man, you have all you have all my connections and relationships. Utilize them." And henceforth, that's kind of how BPM was birthed. And you know, my wife was telling me, "Look, you need to you need to leave." Like, I was like, "No," because I'm you know I'm a loyal guy. And she was just like, you know, sometimes God just got to pull the rug from underneath your feet. <laughs> that's true. So did she say? Did she say I told you so when you called her? <laughs> like, what did she say? Well, or, or was she like, uh, oh, I didn't, I, I, I didn't even see that coming. Like, what, what'd she do? No, well, she didn't say I told you so, but in so many words, you don't listen to me, right? You, <laughs> you don't listen to me. <laughs> and I'll just kind of leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, man, you know, it's, it propelled me because Matthew opened a lot of doors for me. Matthew is a really, he's a really good guy, man. He's, he'll, is if you want to learn, now he's not going to pay you probably what you're worth. (laughs) You know, that's, everybody knows that story. I mean, he'll he'll pay you, but he ain't going to pay you what What you're worth. worth. (laughs) You gotta, you go ask Dark Child that, you know, he's like, hey man, look. (laughs) He told Dark Child like, this is Beyonce, man. You know, you you should want to do a record for her. Yeah. And he did it. I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta take that the, the ebb and the flow. It's kind of like yeah. who was the producer that kept doing stuff for Lil Wayne and people were like, why he keep coming do making these hits? I was like, dog, it's Lil Wayne. Like, I understand you're absolutely you deserve to get paid, all that yeah. stuff. However, we also know you because of Little Wayne, and now you can go do other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so you you gotta sometimes you just gotta make a decision and be like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the L on this one. Absolutely, get ahead. yeah, exactly. I pick my poison, right? And I I, I and I told I I just injected that poison into my vein until I couldn't take it no more. And well, actually, until he just took the needle out, and I was just gone, man, because it, it, it really. <laughs> Uh, it was just, it was a really good learning experience in such a short time. I was able to see the industry evolve as a whole, kind of where it was at, mm-hmm. at its, that on the downslide of physical sales to watching it elevate into where streaming is going. And I think he kind of got really scared of that part mm. because yeah he was letting everybody go and the team was just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and I don't think he knew how to work in that environment. He's a smart guy, but you know, man, he, Matthew had done it all, man. You just think about what he's done. I, I can say that I learned from the best music executive in this time yeah. and artist manager. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The best. Yeah. You can't pay for that kind of education for six years, man. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, it was truly the, the school of hard knocks. You know, you got your bachelor's and your master's with him. 
like yeah. six years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and, and that that's why really no one can say anything bad about him to me. You know, I, I like you said, Devon, like it, it I, I learned, I, I chose to be there, understanding the circumstances. I knew that walking into it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. understanding that this was a place that I would actually drive by and say, hey, man, one day I'm going to work at a label. I mean, I, I didn't feel Rap-A-Lot was going to be that spot, mm. you know, but, you know, maybe what <clears throat> what is here locally that I can do it. I didn't do an internship with anybody. You know, it was just off of, the relationship of my wife and her line sister who actually happened to be a music world. But when I got there, it, it, it was just the work ethic, man. It's just mm -hmm. hard work. You know, I was in my, I was in my, I was like 34, 35 years old at the time. Hell, mm -hmm. I was a grown man, Yeah. you know, making pennies, you know, on a nine to five, but I was the first one there, last one to leave, but I had access to everything. And I was, you know, I mean, you say music world and, you know, I, you know, I had PJ Martin do a show at, you know, uh, uh, at House of Darion. I had access to that. I mean, bro, I, it, 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 I mean, it paid for itself. Yeah, right? absolutely. And so with, with that experience, you know, I think I was equipped to step out on my own. But even stepping out on your own in this music game, it's, it's now, you know, I'm here, but I'm still at a ground floor, right? Mm -hmm. um, because it's evolved and it's changing every two years, like clockwork. And so now I got to deal with NFTs and that's a whole nother puppy now. Oh, yeah. um, and so, well, you know, but we have, to, we have to just kind of carve away. And I've always been that kind of guy, just to carve a niche into a market to where I, I could, I can sustain, uh, because this is a big industry, you know, you're, 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 you're talking, you know, it's almost a trillion dollar industry, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. You talk about getting the, uh, that, you know, all the stuff that you learned over there at music world, what made you decide to move into the realm of education and, and, and teach, uh, you know, information to, to students about the music industry? Um, so the, there was a, and I forgot her name because she was there before I was, but she was the head uh, of um, international operations for music world. And I was introduced to her because, you know, all the former employees are really close. Like we all talk. And she was like, when she found out that I was still there and then I was getting, I was like, how kind of how I left, you know, on that, on a call on April fool's call, um, <laughs> She kind of, you know, man, I had applied for, she became a, uh, a manager for, are you guys familiar with the creative circle? It's kind of like a, a, a agency for creatives mm -hmm. and they, they will find you, you know, really great paying jobs. And oh, she, she was, she was, it's she, 
the 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 company's still around, but she yes. was just like, "Hey, Chris, um, it it may not be much, but Houston Community College is like looking for a professor, and since you know you're fresh from music world." it will be great for you. I mean, you have all the criteria for, I mean, I already had my master's so in business, so it just all made sense, right? Mm. I was just like, you know what? I need a change because I don't like the way it's going. If I can't, if, if, I, if I can't be on CNN or BET and <laughs> yeah. tell everybody like, hey man, the music industry is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but how can, why don't I just go ahead and just, go on a local level mm. and start cultivating that soil and planting those seeds that way into my talent that's in the city, not necessarily artists, but talent on the business side of things. And it's been great, man. Like that is, that's how I got this. That's how I got the start. And God bless Aubrey Tucker. You know, he's, he's deceased, but he's the guy that started the actual program at ACC and taught Matthew the music business mm. to where Destiny's Child was birthed at HCC from mm -hmm. this guy. So I have been getting nuggets from pillar music folks in the city of Houston. And my mama told me to stay away from teaching. <laughs> who's, a, who's a retired educator. Mm. He said, stay away, right? So here I am. Right. So it's definitely my purpose, you know, of what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you mm -hmm. know, it, it's, it's what I love about it is that I can spend time with my family. It's very flexible. I can still run the label. You know, I, you know, I, I still dabble and coach baseball. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I'm an entrepreneur, I, you know, uh, on the marketing side, you know, I help my wife because, you know, what our, she's she's a wellness coach so she's very into total wellness so i'm able to you know have balance with with family and and work and acc you know has allowed me to afford that you know amongst you know to to support my habit which is music right yeah and and, and that's what i love about it that's good. That's good. And you started out as adjunct and then like, I mean, tell us about like the, the program. Uh, and this is just going to be me just timing. it. I mean, HCC is when people hear like, oh, it's Houston Community College. Houston is a massive city, arguably the third largest city in the nation. HCC is a massive infrastructure uh, of college. They have a lot of programs. Uh, our, our cousin went through their culinary program, which mm -hmm. I've always heard is like amazing. Yeah, she, and he, he does. Oh no, he he's an amazing cook, and he's over like chef, son, chef. I, he is My an bad. amazing, yeah, he's an amazing <laughs> chef. chef. But it's yeah. like when you're doing. I mean, he does major, huge events for like yeah. Live Nation and the Toyota Center and things like that, and that's all through like. HCC and sometimes people will be like, oh, HCC, but I'm like, God, you need to see what they have to offer. So the studio alone, my yeah. God. So tell us about the program because that's the other thing too. We've interviewed a number. Usually, when we're interviewing somebody that's a producer, 
they have touched HCC in some shape or fashion. Mm-hmm. Like they've like, I've been up there, I've recorded, I was going to school there, I dropped out, I was going to school there, I finished, I was going. So it's always dealing a lot with HCC. So tell us about that uh, that music program. So our program um, <clears throat> since 2015 has doubled in size. Now I'm not gonna say it's because of me. I'm not gonna say that, <laughs> but hey, I mean, um, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying <laughs> doubled in size. Um, and that's just because of the, uh, the, what the program we've been labeled a hidden jewel for years and understand that you have the academia side of HCC and you have the workforce side of HCC, right? Two, two totally different disciplines. And typically when you're dealing with creators, the way the program was structured a long time ago is that you had to have academia and all academia, uh, majority academia with classes in the workforce and what you wanted to do. Um, But, you know, what Dr. Tucker, I was telling you about and uh, Dr. Scott Gaiman, all these different people decide, like, listen, music business audio, film, right? They can perform and put people into the workplace as soon as they finish, just like barbers, the barber college at the nursing college mm-hmm. at ACC, you know, this, the culinary. <clears throat> and so with that being said, man, it changed the whole gambit of what we can do uh, with music here and, uh, in the city of Houston. So a lot of our students now, um, not only are they big engineers for like Live Nation for the Houston Texans, we have like, I have a, you know, couple of, you know, few of my students are now working at record labels, like at Sony. I have another one that's um, at Def Jam. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. We just don't, we're just kind of tired of being the, hidden jewel as what we're what we're labeled um but the one thing that i i I would say you know it has to start up top and when i say start up top on a political side of things um you know just like you take the evolution of music in the atlanta scene you know how how music evolved you know it's been you know kind of in, in atlanta the mayor the governor all of them had to get behind Mm-hmm. To bring everybody together, get behind it. But now here in Houston, we ha- you have the opportunity to come to ACC. You get a two-year degree. If you don't like math, you don't have to take it, mm. right? So you can you you have some core classes that you need to have, like English. You need to learn how to write, right? Um, and so you t- if you want to. If you want to get your associates, then that's when you probably have to dabble into math. You can get a certificate, a level one and a level two. So that means you can have a 12 hour certificate, a level two can be an 18 hour certificate, or you can get your associates. So there's three ways you can actually walk out of there with experience. And then that's when it's our job as professionals in the industry to connect our students in the industry and that's why it's important for people like you guys who are doing stuff like all this this is entertainment man 
Yeah. Right. What you guys are doing, we have students who, you know, I, you know, we're creating, you know, uh, the digital side of, of the music business department and, you know, having podcasts and how to do, how to execute podcasts, like those type of things, they're all looking like some of them love that, but they want to do it in entertainment and that's it. But entertainment is just bigger than music. It's sports. It's everything. You know, it's a lot of other different facets. And so we make it to where it's transferable into the market. As soon as they leave us, we want them to have a job. So it's very, you know, pertinent that, you know, you know, stand in touch with, you know, guys like yourself, because your, your reach may be further. Like, Hey, ACC has this program and we want to connect our students with you. Right. And so that's, that's kind of been our agenda uh, here over for the, I'll say for the past five years now. And that's good. I mean, that's honestly good to hear. I do like it when professors talk about not just the idea of, you know, at a, at a collegiate level of instructing and teaching, but also helping you afterwards to move yeah. into the professional realm. And, yeah. I, you know, they're, they're, I feel like that's changing, but there are, for a while, there were a number of professors that were like, no, that ain't, that ain't my job. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I mean, I'm not just talking about the professor level. The school was just like, hey, I like, you know, go forth, have fun. Like we get, we did everything we need to do. We'll talk to you in a year when we need some money for alumni funds. But you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. So it's like, they were constantly asking for money, but it's like, it's nice to hear somebody be like, nah, we're trying to make sure you, you working, like you doing something with what we taught you. Right. And, and so, you know, with a two-year school, any like two-year programs, kind of the history of two-year programs or associates, man, some students are just not ready to go to a four-year college straight out mm-hmm. of high school. Yeah, and so sure. you, we just don't want people to look at a two-year associate degree as a degree that, oh, you didn't go to college. Yes, you did, because our instruction is just as rigorous as a four year mm-hmm. and and it's but it's also crucial that you have programs in which you could transfer these hours too so understanding I, you, you guys probably know it. ut san antonio has a music business program yeah. mm-hmm. loyola has a music business program texas southern has a music business for all these are four-year programs and loyola in new orleans mm-hmm. uh, so all these different programs if you want to really expand and go deeper um you know without having to go all the way to berkeley or going to nashville to go to oakmont all these different um uh universities in nashville in the music cities per se well why can't we not create that here why not you know you know why can't we do that there's there's none in austin right oh yeah and that's the right. That's supposed to be the music mecca of Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no. I mean, you know, they they have they offer programs, but not as rigorous as rigorous as our programs that we have here. So, you know, I really appreciate you guys, man. Just really, you know, uh, having me come and speak on on that piece because that is crucial to this cultivating this music industry and just doing it the right way. Mm. 
And we really appreciate you for staying in or, or coming out or however I say it, because, you know, it's just, it's, it is really important to let people know that there's more to the music industry than, you know, being an artist, because that's great. But, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts in the infrastructure of music. And, you know, I'll say this too. I mean, we talked about, you just mentioned how people look at Austin as the, the Mecca of music and Texas clearly. Mm-hmm. clearly it's Houston, one of the most disrespected cities, in my humble opinion, point oh, unintended. <laughs> clearly it's Houston. <laughs> Even to the point I've, I've said to my brother and a lot of people, New York used to be the mecca for hip-hop, especially for lyrical hip-hop. It's Houston now. I stand by that claim. But that is what it is. It is, you know, it's good to have you here. I didn't we, even do the intro. We, we we would have now I would have we probably don't have enough time, but I would have to ask you why you would say Houston is the they that basically that there's more words miss here in the city than we got we got time going to go to I mean when you have people like your Tobies, when you do have people like Paul Wall that I think people forgot that Paul Wall can rap. Mm-hmm. When you put out that album with it was that terminology, mm-hmm. uh well people like I forgot that he was a uh like he can actually put words together. I always talk about Slim Thug's my favorite rapper. All right. Now I say this all the time to everybody. Um, and then, I mean, behind closed doors, when I say that people be like, really Slim Thug, you're like a hip hop guy. I'm like, look, Slim Thug, when he freestyles, I'll stand by this. Somebody might get mad. Hell, Slim might get mad at me. First few lines, nothing to shake a stick at. They're okay. He's the boss of the novel. But once he gets to about that fifth, Six line, and he gets his flow in, you can't stop him. Then he's rhyming stuff that you've never heard before. We have uh, one of my favorite underground rappers, DeLorean. He can rap better than, like, oh, yeah. anybody. Uh, yeah. Rob Gillette. Uh, I'm sorry, like, the way that I look at it, I've listened to a lot of, a lot of, I listen to a lot of Coast. A lot of East Coast rappers are trying to do what we're doing out here, and they're kind of coasting. You know, mm-hmm. when it comes to lyrics, they're coasting. But well, we have like it out that. here. These people are actually putting together songs. They're actually, I mean, come on, the, ba- the, the, the best rapper right now got his sauce from out here. A Canadian had to come to Houston to get his sauce and he could rap. So that's why I stand by it. And once again, something's like the greatest rapper ever. But that's why I stand and, by and it. And you also look at, we've talked about like the longevity or the amount like that, that, that Bun B concert, oh my goodness, was just the tip of the iceberg of what Houston has to offer. And it's like, I mean, even on this thing, we've talked about Devin the Dude, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you go about, we, you know, Devin the Dude, Scarface, K Reno, uh, like Willie P, uh, and you've got the, that 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 generation, and then you have, uh, you know, DJ Screw and the ones that come after him, you know, DA Screw, ESG, Hawk, Big Mo. You've got another generation of people coming up. Then you have another generation where coming almost concurrently, but Swisher House is right along with him. Then you got another generation like in the 2010s, 2005, 2010, where it's Dorian and Rob Gallette and stuff. And now you've got a whole new one where it's uh, Megan Thee Stallion, Sauce Walker, All of uh, Tisa Korean, um, all of these artists that Travis Scott, yes. where because yeah. now it's getting to the point where I mean, you know, and, and of course Beyonce and all these artists. Look out, Beyonce can rap. She out rap Jay Z on that whole album. Well, we talk about okay, but I'm just talking yeah, about, quarters, talking about no quarters. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Beyonce gets a rapping, she get. I, I like Beyonce rapping. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite. Beyonce rapping is just un, unbeatable to me. I love it. But the Not thing it. is, too, it's <laughs> like you've got these wild, long-lasting generations of people that still put out music. ESG about to drop something in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you still have them that can put out viable music and interact with each other. Right. It would be nothing for me to be, oh, yeah, like ESG and Propane got a song together. It's nothing to say Zero has a song out with his new artist. Lolita uh, Monroe. Uh, uh, Lolita Monroe. And it's like, yeah, this is. And he just dropped the album Friday. Last Friday. It's a long line of musical artists, and you can kind of like just pick and grab. And I don't see too many other, and this is not to just shit on any other city. It's just, I don't think that any other city is doing that and not getting the look the way I feel like it. Because yeah. Houston doesn't get the look. I'm like, I feel like people are like, oh, Houston, like it's great. Like I feel like, but every time you see people, like I feel like people started discovering us during the pandemic. They was like, "Oh, Houston open, we'll go down there." Yeah. Oh, Houston, nice. <laughs> like okay. And even even TikTok, uh, DJ yeah. Chose had on TikTok. DJ Chose, I want to see the bottom. Beat Let me see. You started from the. Thank you. Beat King, like, DJ Chose, like DJ XO, where you've got these guys where it's like, first of all, the amount of DJs and producers that are coming out here and doing the sound of Top 40 radio. Mm-hmm. So it's like you find out, it's like, oh, I like that Migo song. It was from a producer here. I like mm-hmm. that Megan The Stallion song. You know that all of her stuff is mostly from a producer from here. Yeah, Sergeant J. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing. Well, I mean, what do you think? I mean, well, we we provide we provide the product, right? <laughs> Houston, everyone comes here to Houston to pull our musicians, our singers, mm-hmm. our artists, and to and pull them away. I mean, we can let's just say let's look at at Robert Glasper. No, oh, yeah, right. We have a long, we have a, we have a high school of performing arts, mm-hmm. right? We have, you know, the, the, the last background singer to ever be with Prince and Tamar mm-hmm. Davis. Yes. Who mm-hmm. can blow the socks off the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, I mean, just small names like that. So I'm agreeing with you a thousand percent. Yeah. The problem is our consumer base does not understand what we have here. Oh, that's that's definite. Uh, well, we're and, we're in the streets. Yeah, so, yeah. And so that is that is why we're overlooked for shows. Well, also, and, I would say, and I'm not to interrupt you, but our yeah, consumer fine. base does not know. They definitely don't know. But I'm like, it's just like you said, where it's like you can play a total. We can all say the same thing. You play a Toby song for somebody and they're like, oh, who's that? And you play it. My biggest critique is this should have been on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like this should have been on the radio here. Like it shouldn't, we shouldn't have to wait for it to break in New York or Atlanta or Los Angeles because they don't wait to break their artist. No. And I know people would be like, whatever. And I was like, look, I mean, I, li- I like ASAP Rocky. ASAP Rocky exists because Hot 97 was down the street from it. Yeah. 
they saw those kids, they saw the movement that they had, and they was like, come up to the radio. And when you come up here, when we broadcast, we broadcast to the world. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's really what it comes down to. And so it's like, there is this, and you know, I mean, look, I, we know New Yorkers. New Yorkers love New York. That's why all, and I'm like, nah, whoever come out of New York, that's why every year there's like, oh, this is the next king of New York. Whether anybody else cares, they care. <laughs> They're like, yo, who next? This the one? Oh, we all jamming Pop Smoke? That's all we jamming. That's it. This mm-hmm. is what's going to pop out. Whoever the next guy is, that's what's going to pop out. I don't care if y'all like that music or not. Or this not. is now the sound of New York. So y'all yep. going to hear it. And LA so is the same, the same way. way. LA is definitely the same. Yeah, way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. LA is like, yo, this this our sound. Yeah. You're gonna oh, okay. hear it. We back yeah. in Kendrick Lamar. All right, we 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 with it. That's T-E, it. Okay, we with it. Yeah. Nipsey. Okay, yeah. we with it. I, I remember what I remember that concert where Snoop and Game gave Kendrick Lamar. I didn't know who Kendrick I remember Lamar that. was. They yeah. gave that man that chain. They said, yo, this dude's the next. To, to rep West Coast. And I was like, I don't even know who he is, but let me go listen. And then it was Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. And 20, so of course it was, was 2012. Up. But that that's one of the things here where it's like, I, I see I see the same level of, I feel like respect, at least amongst the, I'm not saying all the artists like each other. They don't. Mm-hmm. But I also do see all the artists, I don't see a lot of them big up each other. This show kind of exists because artists will be like, yo, Go talk to him. Yo, give this such as number. Da 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 da. Do this, do that. A lot of the articles that I wind up doing is literally because it's just by word of mouth. Yo, you want Slim's number? Here it go. Oh, okay. That like that's lit. So it, there's a, definitely an openness amongst the artists. It's just when you release something, it gotta go somewhere. I gotta send it to somewhere that can send it out to other people, and we don't have that infrastructure here. That infrastructure is lacking. Man, I thought, I really, really, truly thought that 93, I really thought they were going to come in and just change the whole game of the music scene here. Um, But they end up falling in line just like 97. I mean, like I said before, man, like I, I don't have to mention names. That comment that she made just really just it blew my mind. Uh-huh. It's just it's it's no way it's it's no way that I go to I go to Atlanta, right? Where Trey is a part of Grand Hustle, and I can listen to every radio station in Atlanta and every Trey song pretty much is on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't listen to his music here, and '93 won't play it because '97 won't play it yeah. for the most part, unless a DJ is spinning. I'm talking about rotation. I know what you and, mean. And you that, know what I mean? And, that, and that's a big thing where it's like, and that's the other thing too. It's not just because we've been seeing like the one-offs, like, hey, we like this artist, come up, and we're gonna play some snippets from your album. We'll play a couple of songs. But I said the power mm-hmm. is in like, I'm sorry, we look. There are songs that I genuinely hated when I first heard it. But after I heard it for the 70th time, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm like, it kind of grew on me. So there's mm-hmm. something to be said about making sure that these are on rotations, mm-hmm. playlists, and that music is not getting out there 
and it, it, it's the infrastructure and i don't know what it is because like you can bring up artists like toby and when people say like oh well, you know his music is not for me but i'm like, like instagram says differently yeah oh, like it might not it might not be for you but if this is a money-making business if millions of people are listening to this over here there's nothing stopping them from listening to it over here and you selling radio ads. Mm -hmm. So that's my thing. Like, I, that's why I was like, I was genuinely surprised that some of this stuff hasn't popped up on the radio in a higher demand. Uh, but, you know, it, so for me, the question is, the problem has always been like, it, it's it's the infrastructure. It, it's, 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 it's the straight, it's the, it's the culture that has been put in place here for a long time. Yeah. When, when Kiss 98, basically when Radio 1 took over, Kiss 98, you guys remember, y'all from here, so I, I'm yeah. not, but I, just, I used to get the music, the, the, the stations from Houston and Beaumont. Mm -hmm. Dude, we would listen to hip hop. Yes. And record it. Yeah. We would listen to disco and record it. Absolutely. Like we gotta watch, we gotta listen to this show tonight because, I mean, music was just the culture here in Houston for a while. I mean, how you have one of the biggest jazz scenes and it, just, and it goes away. And yeah. now if I get into the history of Third Ward and how all that came about, I mean, uh, like you're, you're all the greatest. It's so deep. When you look yeah. up, I did an article on uh, the, the, the El Dorado Ballroom. Uh. But when you look exactly. at the Colorado ballroom, and we, we were just with my grandma the other day, and she was talking about the, uh, the matinee. Yeah. And she's like, you know, but the way she's talking about little artists that came through, and you're like, little? Patty LaBelle. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, Sammy? these are the people that were coming through, and they're like, oh, yeah, they used to just, they'd be up there. I mean, especially yeah. when you're talking about during time, like the El Dorado was popping when it's it's segregation like they're like die you, absolutely you go into the el dorado because they're not going to take us nowhere else and they were like yo this was just a massive club and everybody came through here ray charles absolutely. is coming through here like everybody that's blues or jazz related is going to come through this city all of our singers are coming through the city and then it was just like a finger snap and they're like oh it just didn't and we're not getting that look yeah. the same way like uh you know like people will say nashville and now like you know all oh, nashville is music like they nashville got music. <laughs> and you're yeah. like yeah but they don't talk about houston like that no and everybody yeah. came through yeah. to blues to rock i mean golly we've yeah. had it all i mean just just how the music scene was even here back in the day. Uh, I mean, even going from Freedman's Town, how they ever, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I got the story of, <clears throat> of, uh, um, of uh, Sammy Davis mm. coming up the bayou, like because of the, you know, that, you know, Freedman's Town was the real prominent part of where, I, where Black Houston was, right? Mm. And so, how they would have to, they they would pull them up, this all during segregation, they would come on a boat up the bayou, dock in Freedmanstown, and Jack Yates 
would have to caravan them on horse and carriage to the El Dorado ballroom mm. to perform. Mm. And then sneak them back out because that that is what the city of Houston gave them for entertainment. And that that was their little corridor. Oh yeah. You know, St. John was well, St. John's Baptist Church on Emancipation, mm-hmm. all like that little area was just their entertainment corridor. But you had to go through Freedmanstown in order to even get there. It was a route they had to take to get there. Oh wow. And I was just like, man, you it's so rich in culture. And then to have that culture taken away. Nashville has always been Nashville. It was country, right? I mean, it it, it that's the birthplace of uh, of, of, of Elvis. So I mean it it's always been rich in music, but all music? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Who yeah. said? Exactly. Who said? Well, you know, you know who said. Elvis is terrible. I'm about to say what one group of people. One group of people said, and you know what? There's a there's a great documentary on Amazon. It's called For Love or Country, and they talk about (laughs) upcoming black artists that are doing country music, Uh, and they 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 particularly talk about like you know why Nashville is a country music city. Because it's very much controlling who's allowed in and out of country. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, how we even came to country. I mean, we came to country at, you know, Ray Charles has a whole lot to do with why we classify being in country and R&B. Because that man put out a fantastic country album and the white people at the time were like, I don't know what to classify this as. Because it's definitely country, but he's black. (laughs) So... He's not, still this, 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 is, this is rhythm and blues now mm-hmm. yes. and it's, it's it's the thing where we're talking about now where it's like you know we like to say we progress but then you see doja cat win a bunch of r&b, R&B awards and she's like well i'm a pop rapper and they go well she cleaned up yeah but you're black black blood in no 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 go ahead what were you gonna say about that but um what i will say is this uh we have taken we have taken we right african americans for the most part has taken take taken the soul out of r&b yes which is is again systemic all going all the way back to gospel right and when we i i think i don't i i can't pinpoint the era but i'm going to go on record and probably say 2000s early 2000s when the r&b substance of r&b changed when teddy riley influenced and infused the hip-hop sound and you know hip-hop and r&b just kind of meshed itself together mm-hmm. with new jack swing when that elevated and came about that's when i started to hear the the r&b world change and understand the r&b and soul world was the heartbeat of music I mean, it goes all the way back to the Roaring Twenties. When you listen to 
bebop and all i mean it just has the elements of love and because basically that's what soul music is but it has all the elements of this if i you know i, I teach in one of my theory classes you know all about vaudeville you guys for me with vaudeville and kind of yeah. how yeah. and how um you know when when it when it talks about it 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 it's really relative to us because back then slavery was prevalent and we really had to entertain them right and but the book won't it won't depict and say hey you guys were the ones that were really in Involved. So, you know, it was burlesque and all the different things that came with it. But man, it's so, we go so far back into this music and entertainment world. It's almost scary to see that the majority of the industry still it has not elevated financially or benefited financially from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's scary. No, if you, it, it, even it, it, if you take a take a church, you know, gospel is by far the most the lowest paid. Oh, definitely. But it's the first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you, it's the first. Everybody, everybody comes through, and you know, in the fields, right? It's the oh, first. Yeah. yeah. So, it's absolutely. It's absolutely. <laughs> you know, and and just to just to see how things are, you know, it, it's just. You know, again, that's probably a whole other topic, man. Man, look, we'll we'll definitely have to have you back on because we could talk uh, for a while about some of the topics we got into. First off, uh, just so people know, so the audience knows, how can they uh, find you, get in contact with you, see what you're doing, uh, follow the stuff with HCC, or follow the stuff as DJ Cruise Control or the label? Yeah. So if you uh, if people want to reach me, uh, I'll just give. Uh, one handle, which is um, on, I'm on IG and Twitter and Facebook, and it's DJ C R U I Z E Control, like cruise control in your car, but with a Z. That's the only difference. Um, but I, I did want to mention, y'all mind me throw a shameless plug that we do have an emerging artist stage, right? All right. It's it's called Beat This. That's kind of what um, Avery, which kind of you read in the in the in the mm -hmm. profile. Uh, but Beat This is an emerging artist stage for um, uh, those that are serious about their music career. They're, you know, they're kind of there and they've never performed on a soundstage before because it's a full production. Uh, we're in local acts, regional acts, national acts. We're trying to make this the blue note, right? Oh, and our, our, yeah, and so our, uh, we do it downtown at Hickey and Pollitt um it's typically the third saturday of the month um but it's always towards the latter part of each month um so we'll be you know doing we just started may 14th was our first one with our next one is june 25th that's a that's an all hip-hop show so if you guys have never heard of the the grind d-a-g-r-i-n-d they're between houston dallas uh you talk about wordsmiths with music we have a live band that performs with each and every act. That's the only way you can get on the stage is to okay. perform with with a live with okay with a live band. So it 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 just elevates the experience, right? 
Um, uh, so we're going to have uh, them, August Keys, and we have a, another artist who's from uh, Louisiana, but his name is Mo, Mo, Mochi, M-O-C-H-I-I. Yeah. But if you go to our beat this at beat this B E A T T H I S on Instagram, you can follow us on there. And, you know, we we're, we're posting about the show uh, pretty frequently. So it's, we're all about growing that and taking it regionally into other cities within the state of Texas and Oklahoma. And then eventually we want to make it into a festival. Okay. No, that's, you got a plan. Yes. That sounds good. And when we talk about building out infrastructure, that's come of the some of the stuff we talk about, like when people are looking for avenues to display their talent or to or to hone their craft or to see other people doing it so that they can get better themselves. That that's the kind of stuff we're looking for. So yeah, absolutely. And the caveat, the caveat of this is this: we have a we've partnered with a twenty four hour music station called Music Head Radio. You guys probably need to interview this young lady. Right. Absolutely. And so it's, it's music head music, M U Z I K H E D music head radio. And she's a 24 seven and she pays royalties to our acts. Right. Really? Yeah. So they perform if, if, if we accept you to perform, cause you have to submit your music. Um, we listen to it like, yo, Hey, bam, we make it happen. She's going to give you um 30 day rotation on the station she she'll do a, a station takeover um and and it's 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 our job to make sure that her station survives because she's probably one of few black owned 24 around the clock stations in which we are really helping her build so it's it's when you talk about movement and and helping folks really build within the music industry this is how it's supposed to look in my mind mm-hmm. i'm just taking a page from barry gordy i'm taking pages out of how atlanta built their music scene and so that's all we want to do and so we're bringing you know like you know we have jack Freeman. you guys familiar with jack freeman oh or, absolutely he's been on the show jack, a couple will be, times. Jack, jack will be performing on the 25th uh, we're bringing Sam Trunk. He he's rebranded, but Sam Trunk is a is a jazz artist. Um, we're working on Be on It. Uh, you guys familiar with Be on It? No. Oh man, they're they're a fusion hip hop and R B band. Okay, okay. <laughs> Check them we'll be out. There. Uh, we're working, you know, cross our fingers. Working on you know Masego and all these different like. That's the vibe, and you know, God spare if if I if I get my boy Robert Glasper to come on. So if Robert, you watching this, my brother, I need I need you to come and bless your boy stage, man. So yeah, man, we so we're giving all these opportunities. It's a full out production, and in addition to that, we we pay uh, the the artists um, on their second show because they'll perform two different shows, they'll open up and then we'll give them more of a, a head, not a headline, but kind of middle act. And we're, we're trying to share in the revenue, right? So that's kind of how all this stuff works. So we're looking for vendors. We'll, you know, we all always are looking for sponsors um, in that realm as well, but we're trying to build this music community, you know, just kind of brick, 
you know, a brick at a time, man. So we'll, we'll, it's a, it's a plan. No, so we'll it's, how, it's, it's, it's not like a good plan. We'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. Well, you guys got to come out, man. Check it out. Yeah, we'll be out in the street. So I will, we'll definitely be out. We'll definitely be out. Also, if Robert Glasper watches this show, uh, come on the show. But yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, like I said, I want to thank you for, for coming out or staying in, as we say. Uh, we really just want to, you know, thank you for, for, for everything that you're doing when it comes to the music industry, because you've got to let people know exactly what's going on. It's yeah. not just dropping out of school or and rapping at open mics. Uh, you got to learn yeah. the business. There's a huge yeah. business in this. So, yes. hey, like I say, thank you. Humbly yours. <laughs> I'm Avery, like a very nice guy. That's my brother, Jess Devon. And we've had DJ Cruise Control. Thank you, guys. H-Town's too sweet. H-Town, it's too sweet. Also, I've, I've got y'all DMs about my room. I'm going to get this thing cleaned up. All right, so... Multiple people have taken. We have we have plans. God, we're working on something, but they've been like, "Dog, what is going on behind you?" And I was like, "Oh man, uh, clutter." So I'm gonna get that taken care of uh, soon. Soon. We have plans. So, yes, we have a big plan. Humbly yours. So, Thank so y'all for joining. This was live on on, on Instagram and, and and on Facebook, man. Like, nah, nah, nah. This ain't even okay. like. Uh, this is a live we haven't done we don't do any live shows or anything like that. Not yet. Yes, Alright. Well we gotta work on that, man. We, we, we gonna get it, we gonna get it together. We, we got we, we 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 have a plan. We do music head radio, man. It's a platform, I'm telling Woo! you. No, I'm with it. I'm telling you. I'm with it. No, I'm no, no. Telling you. Honestly.